This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, December 16th, 2012. Reclaiming Christmas, the letters. And so on this third Sunday of Advent, we're going to continue to reclaim Christmas as we look at the letters. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we have a chance to lean into you, to press in and see what you might have in store for us, a a message, a, a touch, a nudge. God, help us set aside uh, the activity of the day and just really kind of focus in on what you would have for us. And my prayer is that we would all be changed and transformed by your love. Pray this in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So the letters. um, So when I think about letters at this time of year, I basically think of two kinds of letters. And the first is like the official like family Christmas letter. You know, the one that you send out either in a Christmas card or sometimes in place of the Christmas card. It's the letter where we update all of our family and friends on all the things that everybody in the family has been doing since the last Christmas letter got sent out. Um, A guy named Patrick Lencioni, who's a management consultant and an author, describes uh, these letters in a recent point of view uh, that he shares online. Here's what Patrick Lencioni had to say about the, uh, the Christmas letter. He writes, Every year during this time, we receive Christmas cards from families that include letters describing their various activities and status changes. Though I am sure they are usually well-intentioned, some of these updates seem like marketing-oriented press releases, which is why some have come to refer to them as brag letters. You probably know the kind of letters I'm talking about. Jimmy was voted most wonderful 10-year-old in the tri-state area. Barbie and her husband Ken had the country's most beautiful baby. And during our semi-monthly trip to Paris, we had a great time (laughs) eating escargot with Meryl Streep and her kids. All in all, a pretty ordinary year. Mm. And then let's see, and he goes on to say this. He says, just once I'd like to get a letter that said, Jimmy is starting to get body odor. <laughs> the teenagers aren't much fun to be around. Bob wrecked the car twice in one month <coughs> Excuse me, and lost his insurance. I've gained about 20 pounds this year, and though I'm not pregnant, I've been asked twice during the Thanksgiving holiday when my babies do. Yeah, I can appreciate that one. What I'm saying is that life is messy for all of us, and sometimes it would be better if we all came clean once in a while so we could just relax and not worry about keeping up with those fictional Joneses. (laughs) 
You know, that being said, we're probably not going to tell everybody that our kid has started, you know, with the body odor, and we probably aren't going to share the down and dirty about losing insurance and car wrecks and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. But we did do some research. We are a teaching church, and so we looked up on the Internet, Organized Christmas, that's the website, and we have for you seven tips. For a sparkling Christmas letter. You can create the perfect letter with these seven The perfect tips. letter right here. Y'all ready? Tip number one, start off on a positive note. You know how we get these letters? Well, it's been a long time since. You know, start off with something positive. Mm. Tip two, shorter or sweeter. Tip three, <laughs> write in your own voice. You know, be real. Tip number four, keep your audience in mind. One size doesn't fit all. Your letter for a business associate will be different than for close personal friends. And then you maybe have several letters and you group them uh, and your recipients and just send them the appropriate letter. Boy, that out of sounds the like a lot of work. Sounds Tip like number five, resist the urge to... Should we say that one twice? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we do that, don't we? Keep it real. Uh, tip number six, be selective about photos. One or two great shots that illustrate your text are much better than a photo barrage. Tip number seven, make it personal. So we write this letter, but be sure at the very end to have this handwritten little sentence and sign it so that it looks like you've just put the perfect warm finishing touch Mm. on your Christmas letter. And so there you have it. The seven tips for the absolutely perfect Christmas letter. There's absolutely nothing else necessary if you want to write. That sums up in in entirety how to put together an absolutely wonderful, perfect Christmas letter. Everything that you need, except for one thing. And the most important thing, if it's truly going to be a Christmas letter, we need Christ in there someplace, don't we? If it's going to be truly a Christmas letter. You know, um, a lot of the letters I see don't have a whole lot of Jesus in them. A lot of Jimmy, not much of Jesus. You know what I'm saying here? And, and you know, we talked about Christmas, Moss being uh, Hispanic for more, Christ Moss. Maybe we need letters with a little bit Christ Moss. Otherwise, we're going to get a letter that is Christ less. So then, the question would be, where do we find an example of a good Christmas letter? Is there one in Scripture? Um, We do find quite a few letters in Scripture. In fact, quite a bit of the second half of the Bible, like this much, are letters. And we've pulled one out that could be a Christmas letter. It's written by the Apostle Paul. Paul loved Christ. He was somebody who was far from God, but then ended up giving his life for Christ. And so he wrote letters to churches that he started, follow-up letters to churches. And these letters are full of suggestions and directions. The letters are intended to hold those churches accountable, the churches that Paul had started years before. And even though these letters are written over 2,000 years ago, we find that they still have value to us today. And so we looked through them, as Carrie said, and we found one that we thought was particularly valuable this morning. And 
The thing is, we call it a Christmas letter. Paul doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the baby Jesus and wise men and shepherds and, you know, uh, but we still think this is a valuable Christmas letter. And so here's what the letter that Timothy, or excuse me, that Paul, along with his companion uh, Timothy, wrote to the church at Philippi. So if you have your Bibles, we encourage you to open them up to uh, Philippians chapter 1. You can also go on your iPhones, your smartphones, to your Bible app and uh, read along with us. This is the NIV version. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. I love this. Can you say this line with me? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great way to start a letter. He goes on to say, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will what? Carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains of defending or confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. I just love this letter. Can you just hear him speaking through the pages? This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Mm -hmm. And just as an aside, Paul was beaten and imprisoned several times in his ministry, and this is the point where he's in prison. That will help make sense of what he goes on to say. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, uh, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. I just love Paul's letter to the Philippians. There's so many awesome things in here. Paul goes on for another three and a half chapters about this. I mean, one of my favorite things, he goes on just in the next chapter, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians, open up your Bible and read Philippians. Anyway, we know from what Paul writes that his focus is Christ-centered. What an incredible Christmas kind of letter. And so the question then is, 
what would happen if, uh, what would it look like if our Christmas letters, our brag letters, as Lencioni calls them, what if um, our letters not only included, you know, the happenings of each member of the family, but also included what was going on in terms of our relationship with Jesus Christ, and what was happening in terms of our Christ-centered activity. If the letters included how we were growing ever deeper in our relationship with the one whose birth <coughs> we are preparing to celebrate. Can, can you imagine what it would look like if our Christmas letters truly had more of Christ and less of us in them? You know, what would our family and friends think? Well, they probably think that Jesus was an important part of our lives. They, they maybe even think we love Jesus. Can you imagine? Well, we challenge you. In your next Christmas letter, now, if you've already written this year's, this would be next year, so you've got to put this kind of in your reminder thing on your calendar for next year. But if you haven't written this year's yet, challenge you to do it this year, if you have a Christmas letter, to make the letter, letter Christmas, Christmas, rather than Christ-less. It's funny how God works. As we prepare the messages each week... Um, You know, God just gives us examples. Just yesterday, we got a letter in the mail from a high school friend. I haven't seen her for decades, but I was so intrigued with her letter. She wrote, dearest friends and family, the end of 2012 always has a way. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. That typical start always has a way of reminding me how quickly time flies and how our time here on earth is just a blip on eternity's radar. It is a challenge, but a goal to live in the rhythm of God's word, daily making our focus here on this side of heaven intentional. Right up, I knew right where she was at. Then she goes on to talk about her family. The first thing she wanted to share was about her daughter, Megan, who married somebody named Jason. And she writes, He is God's answer to our many years of prayer for Megan. Okay. Then she goes on to talk about her son, Ryan, and his wife, Alyssa, who have become legal guardians to three young children. And then she says, you know, their heads are spinning as they adjust. And then that last sentence is, God is gracious and has already provided for them. We are humbled by this, knowing God sees and knows their needs. I was just blown away by an example of a Christmas letter that shared about our family, but that was so focused on Jesus Christ. Mm. God's timing is incredible, isn't it? Well, we said there are kind of two kinds of Christmas letters, the one we've been talking about, and then the second one is the one that's typically written to... Santa Claus, Santa Claus, and typically written by children, I guess. Of course, who's to say how old you might be as a child? And, and, you know, the letter typically includes all the things that the person wants for Christmas. And as we said last week, basically all the hopes and dreams. And the thing is, what makes the letter a little different than the list is that the... uh, the child, however old that child might be, has the opportunity to kind of uh, 
uh, share all the reasons why this list should be fulfilled and, and, and kind of a defense even of some of the behaviors of the year that maybe weren't so stellar and kind of a sales pitch to Santa Claus for why they uh, deserve uh, the, the items that they're he requesting. He probably didn't have Elf on the Shelf to help him with that. Yeah. Whatever. Well, here's an example of a letter. It might go like... Is this like, your letter? Yeah. Okay. Dear Santa, I have been very good. I've been a good girl this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've done everything. Everything my parents have asked me to do. I've taken care of my little brother. I've taken out the trash. I've done all my homework and worked very hard in school. I've tried to be nice to my friends, even Ginny Jones, who I don't like very much, but tried real hard to not let her know it. Mm. And the letter goes on and on. And on and, and on. on. And um, in a way, that kind of reminds us of the brag letter, letting Santa know all, how good the child has been, all the reasons why he or she should... <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Well, the reason why Santa should bring the, the gifts that are requested in the letter. Now, we know that <coughs> most of us as adults do not generally write letters to Santa anymore. But on the other hand, there is a Christmas song that talks about kids from ages 1 to 92. You've got it. So, kids, we have a proposal for you. Each and every one of you, no matter where you're at in your age, we'd like to challenge you to write a letter this year and write that letter to Jesus. Write your letter to Jesus. Include maybe what you would write to Santa, but take it, you know, tell Jesus your hopes and your dreams. Tell Jesus your wants. Tell Jesus, pour your heart out to Jesus for yourself and on behalf of others. Mm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, dry. In addition to your hopes and dreams, tell Jesus how you've been and what you've been doing and, and what you've been focused on. And, and, and unlike the brag letter or the letter to Santa, in this letter, let's keep it real. <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, Lencioni talked about earlier, uh, that we talked about earlier. Talk to Jesus in terms of what's really going on in your life and the lives around you. Don't be afraid to acknowledge the messiness, so to speak, in your life. You're, you're not going to surprise him. Include the challenges you've faced, the challenges that you're facing, the challenges that you're expecting to be facing in the future, you can as well celebrate the joys and the and the uh, triumphs, uh, but don't be afraid also to talk about your weaknesses, your challenges, your the things that are difficult, and those areas in your life where you just flat out need Jesus' help. I mean, that's what Jesus does best: is give us help. This letter is really important. We all have hurts. We all have hang-ups. We all have weakness. We might have secrets. We might have guilt, unresolved forgiveness. What an opportunity to sit down and write that down in a letter to Jesus. What a great chance we have. Some of us might not 
know Jesus or have that relationship with Jesus. So for those of us in that spot, it would be great to write a letter to say, Jesus, I haven't, I haven't accepted you in my heart, but I want to come into my life. Forgive me for those things that I've done, for putting myself at the top of the list instead of you. Come into my heart, Jesus. That might be your letter. That would be the most important letter of your life if you wrote that. Now, we encourage you to write this letter in the next few weeks. Actually, the next 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. And I know it's really busy, really busy. I mean, this coming week is really busy. I have been so irritable this week. And just fighting myself as we try to reclaim, as I try, with all of you to keep the main thing, the main thing. But it's oh so important this week, or maybe in the midst of right after Christmas is over, to take some time to write a letter to Jesus. To take that time to share. No better time than to have a heart-to-heart with the one we think this letter just might help us keep the focus of Christmas instead of feeling detached and having a Christ-less season. Mm. When you came in, you might have seen a blue mailbox there in the, uh, what do we call that thing again? I keep forgetting. Porch. The porch, yeah. Uh, actually, come in. we call it Jason Faulkner's area. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's Corner. Jason's um, Corner. Uh, but on the porches, you came in and said, Blue Man, just so you know, we didn't steal it. We didn't lift it from some other location. And, you know, we haven't broken the law or anything. Um, a few years ago, a company was changing furniture, gave us some, some office equipment, some furniture, and that was included. It was white at the time. They had used it for something. Well, we, we have it had, we've had it for a couple of years in storage, and we thought, okay, we'll use this someday. Someday arrived. And uh, so we dusted it off. Barry painted all nice and metallic blue. It's looking good out there. Um, don't confuse it with a real mailbox. You put real mail in there, it's not going anyplace. Uh, but it's designed just for these, uh, for this point in time, for these Christ letters. You don't need postage. But put it in there. You think, why do I have to bring it in here? I think there's some value when we actually, you know, it's just like writing the letters different than just thinking it through your head. When you actually put it to paper, it's going to be more time. When you actually, like, deliver it, it's like there's something to be said about that. So we would encourage you, if you can do it this week, great. But we know this is a crazy week. Uh, so actually we're going to give you this week plus 12 days after Christmas to, like, the 6th of January. Because if you're like me, if you don't do it today, you'll do it on the 5th of January. <laughs> 6th of January, get up at early. But anyway, you have till the 6th of January, get it in the box. We're not going to read them. We're not going to read them. You can relax. It's a letter to Jesus. Yeah, you, we are not going to read them. So seal them up, put them in there. There's a lock on the box, but here's what we're going to do. The uh, January 13th, that's a Sunday. We are going to take the letters out of the box. We're not going to open them up. But after the 12 o'clock service, we're going to burn them as an offering to the Lord. It's like that sweet aroma. Can you imagine God just, you know, the prayers and our hurts and our joys going, you know, to the Lord, just burning them up. We're going to do that. 
So we hope that, you know, those of you who worship at 11 o'clock will stay for that important time as we gather around and uh, burn those letters. More importantly, we hope that you'll write it. I have a really important letter that I need to write to Jesus. My accountability partner just like reminded me of something that is I'm really dealing with right now. And I need to go home and sit down and pour my heart out to God. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that I'm not alone. So our letters are sort of a sacrifice of ourselves to God. We encourage you to do that so that we can together reclaim Christmas, more Christ in our lives. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray. Almighty God, um, wow, we we try so hard to uh, not get... Uh, knocked off the track this time of year, and it's really easy to. Um, But we thank you for this time that we've had to reclaim you, reclaim Christ in Christmas. It's not holiday, it's you. Thank you, God, for your continuous reminder. Help us keep you at the top of our list. Help our letters be about you and help us take time to write that very important note to you. God, we pray that we can claim you from the very core of our being and say, glory in the highest. Peace, Lord, peace in this world that is just full of darkness. Peace, Lord. Mercy. God, thank you for your love, your grace that covers us today and all days. We pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.